Yo, good looks to DreadSock.com for sponsoring this episode of Real Notes. Anyone who has curly or locked hair like me knows how sacred a good hair wrap is. A do-rag, a wave cap, a scarf, a bandana, a bonnet, you name it. DreadSock goes a step beyond the average with silk-based head wraps that offer full protection and frizz control for curls from 2A to 4C. They're made of a blend of breathable materials to help retain hair's moisture and preserve hairstyles enough to ensure a few less trips to the salon, all held down with an elastic band strong enough to withstand even the most aggressive head trips. Whether you wear one to bed or wear one on the go, Dreadsock will have you looking fresh and full. Socks come in all sizes, from shorties for short hair and beginner twists to extra large for the longer locked folks out there. Look, y'all, I've been growing my locks for nearly two decades and have been a loyal Dreadsock customer for 15 years. So when I tell you these shits work, I'm dead ass. Plus, they're an independent black owned business that's worth the time and energy. So, go to dreadsock.com and use promo code CINEMASAI, that's C-I-N-E-M-A-S-A-I, for 10% off your first order. They won't fall off in your sleep, but they will keep you looking fresh. Thanks again to Dreadsock for sponsoring the episode. Now let's keep this shit moving. What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is New Jersey-based singer, songwriter, and producer Fielded. We spoke about No One Will Save You, Silence of the Lambs, The Sopranos, Six Feet Under, the work of Ari Aster and Todd Solondz, why we're attracted to dark and disturbing movies, their journey from a musical family to creating The Fielded Project, linking with Backwood Studios, and the creative process behind their latest album, Plus One. Come fuck with us. What's cracking, everybody? Um, welcome back. Welcome back to Real Notes. It's a, it's a lovely, almost 80-degree day at the beginning of October. Um, this is the world we live in now. I kind of like it. I probably shouldn't like it, but it's cool. I'm not mad at it for right now. <laughs> uh, but my name's Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. Got a lot of names, do a lot of shit, be outside, inside, um, all around, b- bouncing off the walls. And I'm with somebody else today who also is bouncing off all sorts of different walls and has been in many different places the last couple of days um, and throughout their career in many yeah, I'm 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 using the word many too many times, um, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know they're uh, um, they're a singer, songwriter, producer, um, uh, child of film. At at the very least, at at this very moment, they've been watching movies up in bed all day, and I appreciate them coming to come hang out here for a bit to talk about more movies. But we got fielded, fielded's in the house. Lindsay's here. Um, plus one is out now. Uh, apparently it's sold out. Congratulations on that, by the way. Very Thank happy you. to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. Um, I mean, I'm bummed for all the people who don't get the vinyl, but I'm happy for me because that's that's a fun. It's exciting, you know. Yeah, it's a big accomplishment, you know. Like that's yeah. like that's not that's not nothing. And yeah, before we even get started for real, like thank you so much for being here. Thank you for wanting to do this. Um, I've been a fan of yours for quite a few years um really yeah like like i want to say since uh i don't remember the exact year but it's been a while and it's been really wonderful to see you grow so like i appreciate you you being here and the music having me yeah i'm happy to be here and so you have like obviously like i've said before your energy is so great and i appreciate what you do so yeah it's, it's good to be here too 
Yeah. Thank you. No, that means a lot. I I I try my best to make this a fun to a fun and loving environment. Um, but let me ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here, which we were already talking about off camera. But what was the last movie you watched that you had a strong opinion about? Oh, I mean, did I have a strong opinion? I guess. Well, okay. I watched. Oh, can I tell you what movie I do have a really strong opinion about that I'm not Please. done with? Um, yeah. Have you watched this? Sorry, it's a. I'm like, I am not in the business of knowing a lot of amazing films. Um, but I was like, this Netflix film, you know, I fall for a little true crime. And I was like, ooh, this film Reptile, I got to watch it. Um, what's his name is in it? What uh, What is his name? He was like, he was like so handsome when he was younger. Anyway, um, I was like, I got to watch this movie. Alicia Silverstone's in it. I was like, yes, true crime. Justin Timberlake's in it. Oh, he's, he's. Coming back back yes, it is so, so bad. And I'm going to finish it. Like, this is how I how I roll with movies. I'm just like, this is terrible, but I have to finish it. Um, the <laughs> first, like within the first like 10 minutes, it's just like a horrible homophobic joke. And I was like, how, how, how in 2023, this is like the top watched movie on Netflix for the past week. And it opens with like the police sitting around at the table, like making this horrible joke. I was just like, this is also completely like has nothing to do with the plot. Like, didn't lead out of or into anything. I was just like, okay, weird flex. Um, <laughs> but I'm having a very strong opinion about this movie and watching it and just like talking out loud to myself, being like, oh my God, this is so bad. Um, but sometimes it's good to watch movies like that and just like make get to make fun of it and like have so much 100%. fun. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I had such a strong reaction to um, no one will save you. I, I was just, I didn't really, I guess I didn't understand the ending. Um, I'm, I'm somebody who my sister is somebody who will think 10 steps ahead in every film and always annoys me because they are like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. I'm like, okay, I don't. And I'm like the stupidest idiot sitting here watching this movie being like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I watch every movie with that energy of just like a five-year-old. But um, but they always, my sister always has been like, oh, this is what it means. And this is where it's going. And I'm sort of like, I guess I've always been in, like lived in their shadow. So I'm like, whenever I get like presented with a challenging ending, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. So that's where I was with it. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what the ending means. Um, so, but I'll think I'm going to think about it. I'm going to stew on it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to think about. I literally, like I just finished it too, but yeah, I wanted to know what you thought the ending meant. If we're allowed to do spoilers on this. Yeah. We, yeah, no, yeah, no, we totally can. So, okay. um, okay. So for anybody who doesn't know, No One Will Save You is a movie on Hulu about this, uh, about this young woman who lives by herself in a house. Uh, she like, I guess she like fulfills, like, I think she like makes dresses or does some sort of seamstress work on Etsy. Seamstress. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. So like she like lives by herself and like does all this stuff and has like, she has like a model. She has like a model like replica of like her hometown that she doesn't really go to anymore because a bad thing that she did as a kid made everybody hate her and you know like the, the and 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 it's an alien home invasion movie 
can't 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 forget that. But like, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna spoil it. So like the whole, you know, like they gradually reveal, or, or, or like over time, you eventually find out that she, um, whether accidentally or not, um, murdered her friend with a rock when they were in the middle of an argument, right? So like the aliens, and she, she eventually like gets they were twelve, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like twelve, thirteen, whatever. So like. So, so the aliens bring her up to the spaceship and they probe her um, um they probe her brain, they see the memory, we all see the memory, figure out what it is. And I feel kind of awful because when I found out that information, I was like, like it was clearly an accident, but like you murdered a child. <laughs> like, you know, like you you like you like murdered you you murdered someone. Like yeah. I, I I I didn't like I it, it was weird because like I almost feel the same way as you do because like I think I get what the end it's like so, so the actual ending of the movie after you find out the um the fact that she murdered she she murdered her best friend was like the aliens had possessed a whole bunch of people in the town and yeah. they just decided to keep the people possessed and send the girl back down not possessed. So she just like lives with all the other possessed people in the town and as supposed to be good because now she can go back into town and not feel guilty about murdering a girl with a rock. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Tell you what I thought was going to happen. I thought when she, when they like put the, the, their finger on her head and then she had this like flashback and then, and then she was like sitting with herself and she was like, it was very clearly a moment where she was like, I, she was looking at her 12 year old self and she was like, I forgive you. And I was like, Oh, the aliens are like, it's like, you think they're super menacing, but they're, they're just trying to get everyone on the planet or where, or in this town at least to self-reflect and go back to their like most horrible regret and sit with themselves and be like, I forgive myself and so then everybody is going to be a better person and able to forgive her because they're like, wow, you know, I've seen the era of my own ways. And like, mm-hmm. you made a mistake and like you were 12. I thought that's where it was going. But then there's that scene where she like hangs up the birdhouse and the guy still has the thing in her throat and I, or in his throat. And I was like, oh, they're still like aliens or whatever. They're still like alien puppets or whatever. And that was when I was just like, I don't get it. Like, I guess that's where I was like, oh, I thought it was going to end this one way. And then it like went this whole other way. And I was like, I don't get it. Um, And I kind of liked my, <laughs> I liked my ending better. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think I liked your ending too. Because like you were saying it and I was like, that makes so much sense. Like, of course, like, because like, like for a second, I thought you were like explaining something that I just like missed or some shit. But like, I don't know. I, I just I just have a really hard time, you know, like, good. You forgive yourself for like, I just I just can't. I had a really hard time being like, OK, that was earned. Like, yeah. you, you know, like it's, you know, like it's not like it's not like she it's not like they had like a fight or she like said a homophobic joke or something like she killed her. Like, I, yeah. I, I just had a really. You know, like it seemed like the movie wanted me to feel sympathy for this person, and I'm like, I don't really like. You know, like I understand why her mom spat in your face when you went to the post office. Like you killed her daughter. Right. You know, like whether and and you know, it's not like she like ran out into traffic and accidentally got hit by a car. She picked up a she picked the rock up and smashed her in the like. I know they were twelve, yeah. but like, okay, like 
I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to feel sorry for you? Like, I didn't feel sorry for her. I definitely didn't feel sorry for her. But this is interesting because this is like a really deep, this is really deep. Like, in right. my heart, I like, I guess I'm like somebody who had, like, not to, you have a lot of empathy, clearly, but like, I, I do like tend to go so deep with like, like when I watched that scene of her like smacking her in the head with the rock, I was like, oh my God. I was just like, I guess I just went to this place where I was like, imagine being this child with like this rage and it has nothing to do with anyone. You're just like about to get your period or like, I don't know, like all these things are happening to you. Right, right. And you like make this, you do this one stupid thing and you fucking kill someone. And I was just like, I mean, it's fucked up, I guess. And I was like, okay, it's two things. It's like, one, I can be like, oh my God, like, that's so fucked up. That's so sad. Like, oh my God, she killed her best friend. I feel bad for her 12-year-old self in that she didn't like know what she was doing. But that's me projecting a lot of emotion onto it. But the other thing is there's like no, like her only remorse throughout the film is that she like is writing a letter every day. I'm like, okay, are you like, doing anything else to like better yourself in society and like make up for this horrible thing you did. I don't know. It was like, it was one of those movies that I watched and I was like, okay, there's like, I kind of just have to take it as what it is. Cause there's like a lot of disconnected elements that like, I wanted to like be with this character, but then I was like, I don't know. Were we supposed to like, not like her because that, because of the ending? Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like that's, well, that's, the like, that's my question. Like I don't know. Did the aliens like they liked her because they saw themselves in her because they were like because they saw she was capable of murder and they were like capable of like uh like essentially like I don't know taking over a whole society with like no remorse. I don't know. It was like I don't, yeah. I don't think like yeah right exactly yeah like I I, I let, 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 it, it was just at the point where I didn't know what the movie was trying to tell me. And yeah. that kind of that, you know, like that really that like sullied what would have otherwise been a really cool experience. Cause like, I'm huge on like, like I love, um, I love like gimmicks, like no dialogue. And like, I'm, 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 I'm a big fan of long shots and like, you know, yeah. just like the amount of visual storytelling that goes into something with little to no dialogue is really cool. There's a lot of like blocking that needs to be done and extra writing. It's just like, yeah. I'm really like, like I'm really fascinated by that. And I really love how that was used to really like bring the house to life and make, you know, even like this, like young woman fighting a bunch of aliens look some sort of serious, you know, like they, yeah. it, it was, it was, it was like cool and engaging just on that level. And then they had to like, take it there. And I don't really feel like, you know, like, I feel like they had the idea and they had like the twist in mind and then they just didn't know how to like tie it up in a bow. Or like, like the they run out of time. Like, like right. I think sometimes too, like movies just run out of time and you're like, wait, what? Like, and you can tell like if they had another uh, 20 minutes, it would have made sense. Right. Like may- maybe even 10 minutes, honestly. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it just kind of, it just kind of felt like, yeah, it felt like the guys just had to turn in a script and was like, okay. Which yeah. is weird because like the movie's like so technically accomplished otherwise. Like it's a really well-made movie. Just yeah. in terms of like, it's like, it's, it, it like I've been thinking about it a lot since me and my homie Kyle watched it, but like it's just it. I was like, it, this is the first movie I've seen recently that I loved, or maybe not loved, but I really, really liked it right up until the ending. 
Like if the ending were different, I probably would have liked it more. But it just felt like a it just felt like a Twilight Zone episode without a proper ending. Yeah. To me. You know? Like, I honestly too, I think earlier in the movie, I was like, oh, this person's like, <laughs> you know, mm- did something terrible, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, oh, she's going to get, she's going to get her ass lit up. Like something real bad's going to happen to her. And then I was like, oh, she's like the hero. Like I was like expecting it to be one of those movies early on that was just like merciless. Like, nope, we're like, we're going to show you like what happens to bad people. And I was just like here for it. I was like, yes, this is like a (laughs) fucked up movie. But no, no, it like had to have its like little kind of hollywood and esque ending i don't know it was interesting yeah. um but the lo- but the other last movie i will say i don't know how long we have for this question but i watched as long as you want um bo is afraid i had a very strong opinion did you watch that one i still haven't seen bo is afraid um, yeah, we, um, can't, I, we can't talk about it because we can because, can because i know how it ends because i looked it up because oh. I'm, i i've been i've been i've been dragging my feet on seeing it i have a lot of feelings about ari aster but tell me but tell me what you thought about bo is afraid um i thought it was really overwhelming um mm-hmm. i thought but equally entertaining um obviously there were some of those like classic moments that were something like absolutely it like intense and horrifying happens and then it immediately moves on to like the next scene and you're like left with just being like oh my god like that was so intense um (laughs) i thought it was visually pretty stunning um and i really do like joaquin phoenix a lot like i'm a big joaquin phoenix fan um always, always have been always will be he's in one of my favorite movies of all time um so yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not like, oh, this is what it means. Like, I truly, it's again, another movie where I was like, man, that is like, there's a lot going on. And I could say a lot of things about it, but I mostly just like was following it for like the visual journey and like the horror, like just the like outrageous, um, like horror aspect of it. And like also the weird comedic aspect. I just thought like it was fascinating but I don't know that I would say it was like, like it was certainly engaging through the whole, I was like engaged. Um, I watched the whole thing. I like didn't look at my phone, which I can always tell is like the thing that I know. I know I'm like into a movie. I'm just not like on Twitter. Right. But um, but like, could I tell you what it's about? No, not really. Like, I don't really think I was its target audience, to be honest. Like it, it I will say this. It felt very masculine to me. And I don't really know what that means exactly when I say that. I just, it's a feeling that comes, that came with watching it. And I think like also my boyfriend seemed to connect to it more deeply than I did. I was more just like, whoa, this is like a circus. Um, So that was interesting. But I don't know. The director is is a man, right? That director? Yeah. Yeah. And he he did Hereditary, right? And uh, and midsummer, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like both of the both of those films also have a sort of masculine perspective on female emotions. I will say, I'm not saying that in like a way where I'm like offended by it. I just think it's like eh, it's like a little like it's a little tropey, but um, I would but, agree with that, yeah. 
that is to, that's not to say that I didn't like those movies. I fucking love Hereditary. It's terror. It's like I think that's probably one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen. That's to, to me. That's his best thing. I, I um, you know, like I haven't seen Bo is Afraid. I know what happens, but I can't like really like speak on it because I haven't seen it. Even though I know he fights a penis monster at the end, and I'm like, like that. That's the thing that kind of got me. I'm just like, we're like really like a penis monster. That's like, my like, boyfriend turned to me. He was like, wait, what? And I was like, I don't could, know. <laughs> I was I, I was I was like you I, I was like you couldn't possibly be more obvious and uh, like a penis monster like it like that feels like a joke you know yeah, like <laughs> it, it was and it was like if you when you see it you'll be like oh my god like it feels like it's meant to be a joke like the way it, the way it is it looks and um yeah it's like it's super goofy it comes off as super goofy um That's wild but um but yeah no hereditary is fantastic uh, one, one, one of my, one of my, one of my favorite horror movies of the last, uh, probably like how long has it been since Hereditary came out? Like five, six ish years, something like that. Longer than that. I remember watching it cause it had it's to be like 2016. It could it have been that long ago. No. Right. 2018. So it's oh, been five years. I watched yeah. that by myself. I don't, I was like, I was, I completely traumatized myself by doing that. <laughs> was like, I, the one part of me was like, I have to stop watching this. It's so scary. And the other part of me was like, I can't look away. <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah. yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it's a real intense movie. It's very good, but like, you know, like you will, you will be up thinking about just, and there's so many reasons why, like yeah. It, there, yeah. There, there's like, there's like 18 reasons why that movie is fucked up. But I think uh, to me, that's the best, well, I mean, until I see Bo is Afraid, that's the best, that's the best time, or what am I trying to say? That's the time when everything he was trying to say about a thing kind of came together the way I felt it needed to. I yeah. thought Midsummer was a little shaky in that regard, especially towards the end. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw his first short that he made, There's Something Wrong with the Johnsons. Um, oh, I'm, I may have, I would have to so, like see it, see pictures from it to know if i've seen it but that sounds super familiar to me so it's a short film oh i don't even want to fucking say what it's about <laughs> um it, it's so it's a film about a it's a film about a father and a son and their uh unorthodox relationship let's put it oh. that way it, it's uh, uh <laughs> it's it's it, and, and you know once again like that's a it's on youtube go find it if you want i'm warning you it's 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 like it's it's like the most like edge lordy shock for shock's sake like crazy uh, shit you'll ever see in your life. I but don't like, know. It. I don't know. It, it's it, it's it's not like I, I for you and anybody listening. If you've never seen it, try it. I guess, but like, don't say I didn't warn you. It's a lot. Yeah. But like you know, like that. Like that was the, like seeing that. I was like, oh, this guy is just. You're like you could tell through all of his movies, he's trying to provoke people. He's like try, like he's trying to poke and prod and challenge, and like trying really hard. You know, like it's it, like he feels like he tries too hard for me sometimes. Like it's just so overt and just like beating you over the head, and like not in a way that because like there are plenty of people I love who beat you over the head with their shit, but I guess I just don't like the way he specifically beats people over the head with their shit. You know, like we were talking about how you could tell that like Hereditary and Bo is Afraid had very masculine perspectives. And I can also tell that they're very like white perspectives as well. Like yeah. particularly when it comes to there's something something wrong about the Johnsons because it's a black family. But yeah, like like I said, like 
like I'm afraid oh, I'll get that's really that wow now I feel like I um, feel like I have like, to watch now because you're talking about it and I'm like oh this sounds like I need to like see it to really dissect right. it but I'm sorry I'll, 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 no, 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 no I'm sorry all, all, all I'm gonna say is I feel like talking about it on a microphone I feel like I'd get put on a list if I did it <laughs> that's, that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> Well, you know so, what? I'm in, I'm about to say something. I'm going to say something really dark. You can cut it out if you want. But um, sure. something I will say about stuff like that and films like that, like my boyfriend brought up the film Happiness last night, and I was like, oh, Ooh. that one is really. I was like, I can't like that. Make it makes me physically ill to think about. Same. And uh, movie though, really great movie. But um, no, I I yes. I hear you. I totally hear you. Um. And I will say, okay, side story. This is a story I told my boyfriend last night. He brought up that movie and I was like, you know what's interesting? One time I matched with someone on Tinder who, when we, it was like me matched and I try. it was like one of those things. I don't know if you've ever been on Tinder, but it was like one of those things where you like are like, hey, and you're like really nice. And the person acts like, why are you bothering me? Like, I just, the vibe was like, oh, you're bothering me. And I was like, what is going on? Didn't we just match on Tinder? But I was like, oh, like, tell me one cool thing about yourself or something. And his story, I feel like he's going to be like here. I feel like first he's going to like hear this podcast. <laughs> They're, calling me out. They're calling me out. Um, uh, that He said, my dad was the producer of the movie happiness and he put me on the cover of the, um, the like teen beats, like that magazine that was supposed to be like a teen beat that the dad like buys and then like goes into the car. That's that horrible scene. That's like, no, stop it. And I was like, okay. And I was like, (laughs) Hey, um, that's not really cool to me. That's really upsetting and that's awful and I like didn't want to be a jerk but I was like I think that like that maybe is a trauma that could be a trauma I don't know but like I don't think we're a match and I was like nice to meet you but I was like whoa who's it was like layers (laughs) of like um like layers of this you know what I mean like layers of darkness that was like oh here's the movie but then the real life like story on top of that unless he was totally making it up and fucking with me which I just thought like maybe he was fucking with me Who knows? Um, but anyway uh but I okay what I was actually gonna say that's actually really dark is um that's okay. th- th- that wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry oh my god everyone they're gonna be like I'm re- really fucked up um, I'm ready let's go <laughs> um I did, I did like sex work for a while and I will say I did mainly phone sex and camming. And I guess for me, it's like the things that come up in that world that you have to be like ready for and like ready to be like, we are not going there. That's another, you can find another person to do that for you. Um, it just makes me watch films like that. And I'm like, I just think about the men who make them and I'm like, do you really know like what you're like, what you're getting into and how do you know what you're getting into? And like, because I feel like a little bit, like I was on like the front lines in those, in that situation to deal with a lot of things that like, again, it comes, it comes up for me where I'm like, okay, this is like disgusting to me. Like this, it's so horrible to say like someone is disgusting. Like it's, but it's like, this is a bad thing. Like we are, we can all agree. This is like bad. 
But like, oh my God, also like, did you ask to be born like this? It's like a whole like fucked up weird like debate. And like, I don't know when I watch films like that, it's like, I have a visceral reaction where I'm like, this is, this makes me feel sick because it's wrong. And then like, I start to feel like, because I have so much fucking empathy, I start to like feel for both. And I'm like, okay, I can't even, it's bringing up like too much, like emotional empathy for like the, like the wrong person. And I'm like, this should go to like my friends and my family. And like, I don't know. That's like, but I do like feel like just from being in that world, I'm like sometimes like the men who make these films that are like so taboo and like challenge you. I'm like, dude, like, have you ever like been in the fucking trenches of like dealing with these actual men who who have these desires? Because it's really dark. And it's like, I don't know. That's like my two cents about films like that. Like I know happiness is like a, a revered movie, like it's definitely like a well-made film, but like it definitely brings up things for me that I'm just like, I guess that's the real horror film for me. A film like that, the real horror, like something that I just can't sit with. I I just like, it makes me so deeply uncomfortable that it brings up so many, it brings up like my darkness. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like what is my darkness? You know, that's like what a real horror film does, I guess. I don't yeah. know if any of that sounded totally cuckoo, but um No, you're good. Like I I I, I appreciate you sharing that. I um yeah, no, nah, it's it's like I I I I tend to I like I don't want to say I tend to not gravitate towards stuff like that anymore, but like the first time I saw happiness, I was in like high school and yeah. it's 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 it, you know like it's very much like a it's not a movie that I'm ever like jonesing to watch again. But right. it's one that I watched it and I was like, oh, like I could tell this guy really wanted people to like sit with not just like these people who are monsters, but like really, you know, like you said, like it's very much a movie that wants you to like empathize with them a little bit, you know, like and like yeah. kind of sit and interrogate with what that means to you and like whether that whether or not that makes you uncomfortable. It's like I, I it's it's so much and it's yeah, I get it. You know, like, what did you I, like about like what spoke to you when you were in high school, like watching that movie? Like, what were you like? It's man. like, like made you think, like, oh, this is a great movie. I'm just curious. Uh, um, I I want to I want I want to say just the uh, I want I want to say just the fact that it was kind of willing to willing to go places that I had never even fucking dreamed a movie like that could yeah. go. And on top of that, just like the acting is phenomenal. It's like right. really, really difficult to get people, to, you know, like there's like certain characters who you're supposed to sympathize with and certain characters that you're not supposed to sympathize with, but you do anyway. And a lot of that has to do with the actors. Yeah. You know? um, I, I just like. It's really good. I agree. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I just like, you know, like thinking back on it, it's not the type of movie that I'm going to like go back and watch or like even recommend that. people. Like, I'm like, I've recommended it recently, but. I feel like you know, like thinking about it more recently, I've like probably won't be doing that anymore. It's just, I don't know. It, it was, it's, it, it's just one of those like, Oh, this is a, this is a weird warped take on the human condition. Oh, you know, yeah. like when, you're like, when you're like just first figuring out what that means, you know, like stuff like that. And you're know, like all of, I don't know how many other Todd Solondz's movies you've seen, but he's kind of like, he does a lot of that stuff. And what all else has he done? um what else he did a palindromes storytelling oh i've seen storytelling uh, but i don't remember it it, it didn't welcome 
Um, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh yeah, um, I mean, we've. I feel like we've all seen that movie, right? Yeah, that yeah, movie yeah. Was, like big for me when I was a kid. Welcome to the Dollhouse. I loved that, was, that film. That was the first one he made before he made Happiness. Okay. Um, still, I think I'm, so. I'm still recording. Sorry, what? That's okay. Um, stylistically, I really loved Welcome to the Dollhouse. Um, mm-hmm. And like the and the angst of the main character, I was just like, yeah, no one fucking loves me. Like <laughs> I, I felt for her so much, and also just like this codependent, weird, like troubling. Not weird. It's not a weird relationship, but like a troubling relationship with like a very kind, sort of like borderline abusive older boy. But he's also abusive because he, you know, like obviously like hurt people, hurt people. So it's like. This whole, I don't know, like the whole thing about it. I'm just like, yeah, I, I understand why that movie spoke to me so much. Um, but yeah, not to say, I don't want to sound like I'm like also just a note because I overthink everything. Um, I have, like, I also have empathy for people who like, who are victims of experiences that are very troubling. And like, I'm yeah. not like empathizing with perpetrators over victims. Like that's never where I'm coming from, but it is like when I am presented with the moment of like being like, this is asking me to like, look at this other perspective. I'm like, I can't do it, which is ultimately why I couldn't continue with that work that I was doing. I was like, I can't hold space for these people. It's just like too much. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, like really dark film. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We went to a really dark place. Sorry. Oh no, it's all good. This, this this is this is all like interesting stuff and like really, you know, like it's it's uh it's definitely worth interrogating why people like this sort of stuff. You know, yeah. like it's you, you know, like it's all entertainment at the end of the day, and everyone's like everyone's um opinion and uh perspective on that will vary, but like yeah, sometimes it is just worth it to just like sit down and be like, why do you like this thing? You know, yeah. like it's it's like especially when it comes to stuff that's like very very real like that it's it's you know it's um it's there's i i just i just appreciate you you know we're we're, i haven't even asked you my second question yet and we're all (laughs) no 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 don't 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 this is what this is i love movies i love and i love like talking about the human condition so i'm like this is like my bread and butter like i just hell yeah <laughs> Man, I love to hear that. So, so let's run it all the way back with you in that case. What's the first movie experience you can remember having? It could be at the well, theater. It could be at your cousin house. First thing that comes to mind. Yeah, my first like this is a and this is like a joke. Sorry if like anybody listening is like rolling their eyes because they've heard the story, but it's like my first film experience is like my first memory was when I was like probably five, and I remember watching. Silence of the Lambs with my sister, who's five years older than me. My sister was covering their eyes like this, like, tell me what happens next, what happens next, and was asking me to describe every scary part of the movie to them. (laughs) I was obsessed with that movie as a child. Like, and this is, I'm not, I'm not making this up. This is like a very real fucked up thing about me. And my aunt, who is a like lovely, flowery, like, super like like just like happy cute like sweet lady took me and my cousins to the movie to the videotape store to rent one movie 
And everybody picked like a kid's movie and I picked Silence of the Lambs. And she <laughs> was so worried about me. She like sat my mom down and she was like, Lindsay picked Silence of the Lambs to watch. Like, are you, is everything okay? Like, and my mom and my mom and dad were just like, not helicopter. They're like the opposite of helicopter parents. They're like, oh yeah, she's fine. She's totally fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, but that's like my first memory of like film was like watching and like other movies too, like watching them with my sister and having my sister be like, Oh my God, describe it to me. It's too scary. And I would be like, well, like he, they're pulling a, a moth out of her throat. Like, I don't know whatever happens in that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was just like always really drawn to like very, <laughs> very dark things from a very young age. Um, for whatever reason, I just like, it always, um, and now I have this, like, sorry to just like keep talking, but, uh, now I have this like inner debate around true crime, right? Cause it's like, or that's not true crime, but like cr anything, you know, it's like in the realm of true crime. It's like, well, now yeah, I'm yeah. like, it's so like exploitative and like, you know, like the Dahmer series, for example, I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. Like they didn't mm -hmm. even talk to the families. Like this is, it's just like you watch it and you're like, this is just like porn like trauma porn for people who like worship serial killers which is super fucking gross to me um but then there is part of me that's really i wouldn't say with like Dahmer, but like with like true crime like there's this show i watch called like mind of a psychopath and it's like walking you through what it's like to interview a psychopath like in the interrogation room and it's like so fascinating to me and so, like, I struggle where I'm, like, I I want to hold, like, I don't want to come off as, like, this piece of shit, like, person who, like, has no feelings. Like, I can just watch true crime and be, like, Ugh. but, like, then there's this other part of me that's, like, is really fascinated by it. And I do think, I think for me, like, it comes down to this, like, human condition thing. I don't know. It's like something from a young age, something being fascinated with psychology. I don't know. Anyway, that's my first memory <laughs> of film <laughs> yeah no it, it's like you know like there's definitely there's definitely a connection there because like i uh i want to say that i can't remember exactly the first time i watched silence of the lambs it might it might have been when i was a teenager i might have been somewhere between like 15 and 18 years old yeah uh, I, I was definitely still in school um and the one scene i mean like i love the whole movie but like the one scene i always remember being like super gassed about was um uh, the scene where Buffalo Bill and Clarice are in the basement and he's got the, he's oh. got the, he's got the night vision goggles on. And it's just like, it's, it's all from his perspective. And like, that's just like, that, that, that's one of my favorite scenes in a horror movie ever. Like I love, oh. I, I, I love that they decided to do that from, from his perspective. Um, and just like, you know, like have her just like looking horror. It's just like really, really great choice there. Um, but yeah, like it's it's a uh, I, I don't I don't necessarily have the same relationship with true crime, but I know a lot yeah. of people who do. Uh, my sister loves it, my partner loves it, like all that stuff. So it's 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 like you know, like once again, like you said, it's 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 always worth it to just kind of like figure out where your line is. And I feel like I, and I feel like for a lot of people of a certain age, like Silence of the Lambs is uh, was probably a lot of people's first exposure to that kind of entertainment in yeah. any way you know like a, a, you know it's, you know it's like that movie is so like you know like everybody knows who Hannibal Lecter is yeah you know like er everybody knows Clarice everybody knows it puts the lotion on its skin you know and it's right, just like right. yeah you know like not not to not not to call that like a gateway or anything 
but like it's 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 just like always really fascinating to like see like uh, i don't even, i don't even know how to say i don't even know how how to how to how to say what i want to say like for, for, forget the forget the gateway shit it's just like <laughs> uh, man i i i feel I mean, like i had another point. i think you're right like i i can't think of another i'm like hmm okay what's another film from that time that was like as sensational and taught like had the same storyline going on and like as captivating of characters because like Hannibal Lecter's captivating, but also Buffalo Bill's really captivating, but also Clarice Starling is really captivating. You know, like every right. character's really like captivating in that film. Um and I don't know. I can't think of another film that's like, like, I guess I can, like, what's that movie with Sharon Stone where she, they're like trying to figure out if she killed her lover. That was a big one. Basic instinct. But that wasn't as like, I don't know. It wasn't, it didn't have the same, uh, I don't know. Element of like, I don't know how to, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't know what to say about like comparing those two movies. Like what did basic instinct lack for me that like silence of the lambs had? I don't know. I can't, I can't say I'd have to think yeah. about that. One. Yeah. I, I don't really know either. Cause it's been, I, I think I've seen basic instinct like once and it was on TV. I might not have even seen the whole thing. I like, think it's really so, boring. Actually. It's actually it, <laughs> I think it's it kind of, yeah. It it, it kind of seems like that, like you know, like I I hate to say it like this in this context, but I feel like the only reason most people even remember it is because of the whole Sharon Stone being interrogated and crossing her legs thing. I that was a huge deal. Or, or, or I mean, like I wasn't like I wasn't in. I'm I'm not. I'm like I'm like I wasn't in the theater at the time watching it. But I feel like most people would talk about it, talk about it because of that. And it's like right. you know, like once again, once again, I don't have enough of a frame of reference for the movie to really be able to like say anything definitively but i watched but yeah. it recently and it was it was pretty i was like oh, i'm pretty bored but um <laughs> but silence of the lambs i could watch it like over and over again like that movie, movie. Is so captivating to me anyway maybe it's just like hits something from my childhood i don't know yeah i mean I, yeah i mean you know like on top of that it really is just like an extremely well-made film that, that was that was one of jody fought no it wasn't her first it definitely wasn't her first but it but but, but it was like one of it, it was the one that won her her Oscar. I know that much. Yes, um, she won an Oscar from that. I'm pretty sure. I know. I know Anthony Hopkins definitely did. I'm. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go double check. Oh, we there. love Anthony Hopkins. I love an Anthony Hopkins moment in anything. Love him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's. I'm. I'm realizing now. It's been a minute since I've seen him in anything. But yeah, he's. I he's, he's, he's much one, he's, older. I. I don't know. He's like. I think he's probably retired. Right. He's. Uh, he's got to be in his eighties. He's, he's, he still pops up every once in a while. He still okay. pops up every once in a while. I mean, um, uh, did you did you see the any of the sequels to the to like the Hannibal? Oh, those were bad. I, I seen them all. I, I actually really liked this. I, I liked Hannibal quite a bit. Okay, but, maybe I'll, re- um, okay, I'll rewatch I, it. I'll rewatch it. But I hated Hannibal Rising. I thought Hannibal Rising was trash. It was so bad. So bad. Also, also, yeah, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins both won Oscars that year for Silence of the Lambs. Okay, so it was like a sensational movie. Like people weren't yeah. loving that movie. It was like what ninety three or something. Yeah, not ninety two. Hang on, I got the page open. It's a uh, ninety one actually. Ninety one. Okay, the yeah. year before I was born. Yeah. So yeah, 
I might have been even um, um, uh, yeah, I might have been even younger than five. But anyway, um, I uh, yeah, that was like my earliest. I don't remember like being super into a lot of kids. I was never like into I'm not not trying to be like I was too smart for the kids world. But no, I definitely like always gravitated towards more mature storylines and i don't know it always fascinated me so yeah no i get it it's it's a and and like it's crazy because like hannibal and hannibal rising both kind of got a little like hannibal's definitely a schlockier movie compared to compared to silence the lambs and i i still thought it worked for the most part you know like it ends with bro eating his brain like oh yeah 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 yeah, you know like there's 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 no moment in silence of the lambs it's even close to that like even even the scene where he winds up eating the dude's tongue um I, yeah. I was his tongue right the yeah right so like, I you know, can't like remember, even that, but... yeah like even even that was like so scaled down and you know, like that it, it definitely ray felt liotta too? it's like ray liotta i'm pretty sure it's ray oh liotta my God. Yeah. actually i love it i might have to rewatch it i love ray liotta too like what yeah. uh... Oh my god, that that would start me on a whole other conversation talking about Ray Liotta movies. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, no, he was. Um, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, he just passed away. So rest in yeah. peace. But um, 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 but uh, I think he was in a. You, um, did you see Cocaine Bear that came out earlier this year? Yes, he was in Cocaine Bear, right? Yeah, he was in Cocaine Bear. Yeah, he, 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 he was, he was the, what? Like he's alive? He was, in, he, was like... the mob, he, he was the mobster drug dealer dude. That was the last movie he made before he passed. Well, RIP, that is a solid role to end uh, your career on. Um, and Ray Liotta's career at that, I mean. Right. Like, doing yeah. cocaine with bears seems like a pretty nice way to to, to end shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so, like, so you know, like as you as you get older and just start to have more life experiences in general, like, was there um I mean like were there any other movies or if you want to talk about Ray Liotta here you can that just like <laughs> stuff that really stuff that really like uh like connected to you on like a deeper level than just like as a piece of entertainment whether that be like artistically emotionally yeah. like what aesthetically whatever you know I re- okay we watched like a lot of TV in my house growing up so much TV like we like I said my parents were just like whatever like. They weren't, I don't know, want to say they weren't around. They were just like doing their own thing. And my sister and I were parked in front of the TV like all the time. Um, so as I got older, I want to say in high school, I sort of like stepped back from what I was like, became like sort of like artsy and was like, I don't like t- mainstream television is terrible or whatever. <laughs> and I, I started like, branching out and watching like more artistic films. And um, uh, I didn't have much of a relationship, I would say, to television. That's not true. In high school, I would say we got, my friends and I got really into the mockumentary genre, um, mm-hmm. which was, it's which is just like giddy and delightful um, if you're in the mood for it. Um, and we would like make our own movies that were like quote unquote mockumentaries. And so we loved like Christopher Guest. I think I got really into comedy because like high school is really hard for me. So I think anything that made me laugh or like cheered me up, I was into. And then I like, of course, had to have like my artsy moments and like probably had my garden state moment because that's what you do when you're from New Jersey. 
<laughs> um, but I don't know, like one film that comes to mind for like, I think that like really, again, kind of moving into the true crime genre. Um, sorry, it's a theme. Um, it's all good. Is it this a movie that like I still love? So I think it's still maybe my favorite movie, but it's I think it's perfectly cast, which maybe you know what I mean when like you watch a movie and you're like, okay, the acting is really good or the acting is like a mixed bag. However, every single person who is cast in this movie is just the perfect person to play this role. Like it's just like such a good match. Is this movie to die for? Have you ever seen this movie? I've never even heard of it. I don't think it's from, I think it's from 1995. It's like a young Joaquin Phoenix, Casey Affleck, Nicole Kidman, um, Matt Dillon, more people who I really like who I can't think of their names, but um, mm -hmm. ooh, you should watch it. It's good. Um, ooh, I'm looking at it right now. Satirical Black Comedy by Gus Van Sant. I've never heard of this. Yes, it's a Gus Van Sant film. So it's based on a an actual, like, sorry to spoil it for you, but it doesn't really spoil it. The movie's really good. Um, a woman in Maine, uh, or I think it was in Maine. Um, yes, she. It says here it's New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. Okay. Same freaking difference. No, I'm kidding. Right. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, no, uh, this woman had like dated this guy who, um, who like she was, she has like, she's like, like one of those people who's like, wildly um narcissistic and like ambitious and wants to be like a national weather girl and marries this like kind of like guy who's like just like a town a towny guy like ha is happy with he like owns a restaurant he's just like happy with his life wants to have some kids and basically the film unfolds of like he gets murdered and it's like they are they like know it's her but they can't figure out like how to pin it on her and then there's this twist at the end that didn't actually happen in real life, but it's a really good one. But it's just, like, a very entertaining film. Like, I just remember, like, it was one of those films that I just, like, felt so... I was just so into it. I thought Nicole Kidman was, like, mind-blowingly good for the movie. Um, and I think that started me on my Nicole Kidman kick, too. Like, I, I just love Nicole Kidman. I think she's, like, totally... I wouldn't say I think she's, like... I just think she's really good at playing an unhinged character very well, but she's Definitely. probably like really together, put together. And uh side note, one time I sat next to her um, at a coffee shop in Nashville and she had very beautiful skin. That's, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I mean, yeah, I, the, the, the one thing I do appreciate about her AMC ads is that her skin does look fantastic. Her skin is so glowing. I'm sorry, I'm an esthetician, yeah. so I have to be like, whoa, that's <laughs> her skin. It's unbelievable. Um, right. What is she doing? Um, but yeah, it's a really good movie. I think like I, I went through my Six Feet Under era, which I know is not a movie, but it's a series. Have you ever like seen that series? Uh, which one? I'm sorry. Six Feet Under. Uh, yeah, um, I never, I never finished it, but like, but um, my um, my dad liked it a lot, so I would watch. It, it was one of those shows I kind of like absorbed through osmosis, but never like sat. Yeah. Down How old are you? I'm 31. Oh, okay. So yeah, different time. Like it would have been 
it was like just about like I wouldn't I didn't watch it in real time, but it would have been like way out of real time for you. But for but I like caught it a few years. I was like, oh, everybody's watching Six Feet Under when I was like maybe high school. And then I started watching it maybe around 20. And I was like, oh, my God, the show is so fucking good. Um, I heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it's so good. Again, another show where everybody's so perfectly cast. And, like, it is really dark and it's really depressing. But it's also, like, so funny. Um, Yeah, really good show. Um, And, like, I think to my number one uh, series, which, uh, again, sorry, it's not a movie. But, like, The Sopranos just is, like, one of my favorite pieces of art like ever made um right you, your name your name your name is carmela soprano on twitter so yeah, yeah. And, and i'm i'm sense. obsessed with the sopranos i've probably seen it like three times watching it a fourth time now with my boyfriend um i could just watch it for the rest of my life and never get bored because there's so many little things that are said little lines that are written that are just so fucking funny And, like, it's also really fucked up and, like, you know, just, like, but it, like, lets you go there. It's not trying to not be fucked up. I will say the movie, I forget what it was called, the film that came out that was, like, The Sopranos Oh, yeah. The one with his son where he was young. Oh, yeah. I mean, his son is a good actor. He was in something else that I was like, oh, he's a good actor. But that movie was so bad. Um, yeah. But you know, so it was I a riot. I I ha- I enjoyed watching it, but it is it's a bad movie. It is definitely don't see it for like the quality of film. Like see it so you can kind of like joke around about it. <laughs> right. So I'm so I'm so I'm gonna tell you something that's probably gonna have you be pretty mad at me. I've never finished The Sopranos, and that's like okay. I'm from. You know, I'm, I've heard it before. <laughs> I'm I'm and like I'm from the area where like all of that was going down. Like they shot the they shot the finale. They shot the finale at like a diner in my hometown. Like I'm like from that specific area of Jersey. We talked about this briefly, briefly, like maybe sometimes. Why I'm curious. Why did what because the first time I tried, I didn't finish it. And then I tried again and I was like, oh. Um, but I'm curious, like what for you was like you were like, ah, it's good. So it, it so it, it wasn't even so much like I didn't think it was good. Once again, that was another show that was like it was on. People I knew watched it. People I knew who were older than me watched it, and like I absorbed some of it through osmosis. And of course, like because I lived in that area, like you know, like everybody knows The Sopranos. You know, right? But like, I just you know, like I just never got. I I never took the chance to sit down and, ha- and have my own like I'm gonna watch this now. You know, like yeah. I, it's 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 been it's been on my list for years. Like I promise you, like at least a decade i'm like i'm gonna start the sopranos i'm gonna start the sopranos i promise i'm gonna do it and then of course like over the pandemic everyone started watching and talking about the sopranos for oh some really and oh. yeah it, it, was, it was like a whole thing like people like my age and a little younger it was like everybody was watching and talking about the sopranos there were there, there was like every kind of meme you could imagine like it, it was really crazy but like I just never got the chance to really sit you know like i love the character of tony i love the clips i've seen it's just i just never sat down and said i'm gonna commit to watching the sopranos yeah like, it's gonna happen at some point but it's just it's just it, 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 and like like i said it has nothing to do with the quality of the show or any sort of issue i just i literally just haven't sat down and tapped in and been like i'm doing this 
Well, my God. Yes. Your time is going to come. It's you're going to just one day be like, I am ready. Also, I want to send you this article. I forget who wrote it. And I forget what I think it came out in like 2021. But it was like an article about how queer The Sopranos is. And it's such a good article. I mean, it's like, obviously, it's like not. It wasn't intended to be. But it was like The Sopranos through a queer lens. And it is it was such an amazing read. Um, but I want to send it to you because I feel like you'd really appreciate it. Um, and it just made my love for the show. I was like, yes, this is why I'm obsessed with The Sopranos. <laughs> like, all of this. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'll send it to you after we're done. Um, yeah, please. That's tough. I, yeah, you know, I definitely want to read that. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, before we move on, um, my favorite. Well, it's funny because there's been a couple instances where, like, The Sopranos has, like, been in my my ear. And in my eyes recently. So first and foremost, um, my um, my boys, uh, Derivada and Zumo, put out a project called Waste Management earlier this year. It's super fucking dope. And at okay. the end of one of my favorite songs, there's uh, there's a sample of uh, Tony with the therapist. And it's the part where she's just like, are you in the mafia? And then there's a 10 second pause. And he's like, am I in the what? And like the song just ends. It's it's I, I just I just love that moment. It's, yeah. it's super great. And then of course you know the fucking the um the a- anything gabagool related makes me oh, fall. Oh yeah. The the- you know so like I so like see like there's the scene where like he's in the he's in the diner and you know he goes up he's just just like gabagool provolone and vinegar peppers. Like I I say that shit. <laughs> I say that shit all the time to the point where people look at me like what the fuck are you still saying that? Son? But yeah. <laughs> have you seen so, like. The YouTube mashup of like every time Tony says Gabagool or someone says Gabagool. Also, there's this really good YouTube mashup of every time, every back pat, like every time a man hugs another man and pats his back. It's so good, dude. Oh, like that type of shit. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just like one of those shows that from what I understand, it's just one of those shows that works on multiple levels. It's, there's yeah. uh, what, what what one more thing before we move on. There's like a I don't, I don't know if you're a game person at all. You, do you play games at all? Uh we're buying our first game console. I'm really Incredible. excited. I'm about to be a game person. We decided we want to play video games. <laughs> so I, I assume I I assume you're getting a PS5. Oh no, we don't know what to get. We're like, I feel like oh, okay. we're like first time home buyers. I'm like, what do we buy? And I'm asking everybody, and they're like, oh, definitely an Xbox. And you're like, no, definitely get a PlayStation. And I'm like, which one do we choose? I don't know. What is your opinion? I'm gonna tell you, get a Switch. Oh, get, get, okay. Get get, 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 a, get a Nintendo Switch. Like I have a PS4. I've I've, I've been, yeah, I've I've been playing games forever. But like, like that's like a. There's so many different, I mean, there's different kinds of games on everything, but like the Switch is, I love my Switch. I bring it with me everywhere I go. Like if I'm at a show, I have my Switch, you know, like it's just like yeah. in my bag. I go pull it out between sets sometimes and just play games. But like, it's, it's a, you know, like I would say either a Switch or a PS5. Okay. Because I, I, I've, I've been a, I was an Xbox loyalist for years and then the PS4 was way better than the Xbox one. And I was like, mm. You know, I've 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 had plenty of game systems in my life, but like the PS4 is one that I've been like really, I've been attached to it, and well, like because it's it's also like a like I watch my movies and TV on my PS4 too, so it's like a it's like a home entertainment center type thing as opposed to just a game console, but like but um but, but anyway, I only bring up games because there's this uh there's this somebody made a mashup of us the Sopranos and Fallout, where like you're about to you're in like a specific part of the game. And it's the, uh, I forget the scene, but it's like, 
it's like a scene with like Tony and two other dudes and or, or one other guy and like mm-hmm. Tony's like they're, they're like laughing and having a conversation and then, he's, and then Tony just looks off into the distance and then just starts running and and the, and the other I, I don't know I don't have any context I can't tell you what the scene is but I'll, I'll, I'll find that I'll find the I'll find the video and send it to you later because it's it's so funny to me. Oh, I, I actually know exactly what scene you're talking about. Wow, I can't believe so I just got there. <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm, I'm that way with The Simpsons. That's so funny. So oh, like, like I've never watched The Simpsons. So challenged oh. each other. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No. You you go on Disney Plus and run some Simpsons, and I'm gonna start The Sopranos at some point. Okay. But, I, I love it. So there's this like big ass like lizard monster in Fallout that like destroys this town. Is is like a whole level dedicated to it. So they just put that scene like with like the lizard monster, and it's like everyone being chased by the lizard monster, and the guy's just like, "Oh Jesus oh. Christ!" And they run away. It's great. I don't I know. Love that that sounds so funny. <laughs> I'm like a fantasy game person. Like I I want to play like fantasy games. Like mm-hmm. I want to be like in another world. Like I want to pick my. I want my character to look like a beautiful like non-binary like freak of the world and um my uh boyfriend my partner is very much into um like war games and like grand theft auto and i'm like okay cool we have to find like the happy medium that what console will work for both of us <laughs> y'all 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 want a ps5 okay because, right. because, is it cheaper because, than the xbox the xbox they're, is prob- expensive. they're probably about the same price i think they're both about 500 dollars yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Xbox was five fifty. I was like, okay, that's yeah, it. Mean, I thought it was gonna be. I don't know why. I was like, it's like a hundred dollars. Like little <laughs> do I know anything about anything. But no. Nah, um. But yeah. No. Nah, you want. You want. A, you want a PS Five because like you'll be because okay. like you can you can play a game like Baldur's Gate, which just came out. I have a lot of friends who've been playing Baldur's Gate, and that's basically everything you're looking for right there. And that's then of course you know like, you got like you, you got like you got like Call of Duty and. All, all that other shit that you can you might even be able to do that on xbox too but like no but like since i have the most recent experience with playstation i'm gonna recommend you get a ps5 yeah okay and, all right and cool. It, and it comes in two versions there's one that comes with a disc drive and one that doesn't come with a disc drive the one that doesn't come with a disc drive is four hundred dollars but the one oh, with okay. the disc drive is five hundred dollars so it's up to you you know okay i'll do a little research thank you for that um, I got, I haven't, my, uh, the person who I work out with was like, you got to get an Xbox. And I was like, I don't know. Like everybody's different things, but anyway, no, yeah, I trust you more than, I don't know. I trust you more. Cause I feel, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, you know, things <laughs> you are knowledgeable. Some, sometimes, so, so, some, sometimes I know things and I'm knowledgeable. <laughs> you're a journalist. You're smart. You're always, you're always cooking in there, you know, always cooking in your brain. <laughs> Yeah, my brain is always on. That's 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 I know that's right. I can tell that about you. I can just like that's like a vibe, like not in a bad way. I think like I'm similar where I'm like always thinking like, but I can tell you're like always like you're always taking everything in and like processing it, which I appreciate. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. That that's 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 I, I always am processing everything <laughs> around me at all times. It's yeah. it's a lot as I'm sure as I'm sure you as I'm sure you feel me on that. Yes. Um, so when so now let's yeah yeah now that we're about an hour in let's jump over yeah music. sorry oh my god no 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 no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> this is this is this is exactly how this is supposed to go okay great. I just I just I just so happened to look at the time um so when so like when did music 
I mean, like music seems like it's been a thing that's been in your life for, you know, like yeah. quite a, quite a long time. But like, when did, you know, like kind of like how we were talking about, like when movies became like capital M movies for you, when did music become capital M music for you? Yeah. Mu- music has always been everything like truly. Um, I come from a musical family. I tweeted about this the other day. I didn't think I like, didn't know it was going to be like as funny to people as it was, but like I grew up in a musical family. My dad, I would, my first instrument was the drums. My dad's a drummer, but you know, he, my dad's one of those people. He plays everything. He's good at everything. He's an amazing musician. He's a very, he's a very intense musician, which I definitely inherited that. Um, he like expects greatness. Um, and my mom's a vocalist and my parents have been in a band together since I can remember. Um, and my dad was like uh, in a, in Bruce Springsteen and him had their first band together, like together. In- yeah. You, you yeah, were I talking about, about it. And I, I was like, um, uh, I was just saying like when Bruce was like getting to be at a certain level, he asked my dad to join his band again i think they like had broken up the band and then bruce kind of was taking off and he asked my dad and my dad is like such a nice guy he was like well i don't want to step on the toes of your of the current drummer he's he's my friend and i was like dad like why did you do that but like i also (laughs) think like it was the route i think my dad took the route he wanted to take and he wanted a family he wanted like a slower paced life but um uh so but but just saying like i grew up in the midst of music, it was just always happening around me. And I was really privileged in that everybody in my family was so musical and so talented. Like my sister is an amazing vocalist. So, um, we just grew up singing. We grew up, um, making up songs. Um, uh, we were writing songs from a very young age, but like, I think I got really serious about writing songs when I was 15. Um, and I started touring when I was 17 was, I was a, I started touring the U S in when I was 17. And then I went to Europe for my first European tour when I was 18, which looking back is like so young, like, yeah. Wow. Um, That's and really like, again, like such a privilege, like, I mean, a privilege. And also like, I think it like probably fucked me up in certain ways. Cause I was like too young to experience all that. But, um, but needless to say, like, it was just like, I've been a musician. I mean, music has been it for me for over 20 years. And, um, it's just the thing, I don't know, like, just to say, like, I'm sure there's other people listening that feel this way. It's like, I keep, I have these fears where I'm like, well, it's like when I got my esthetician's license, I was like, well, if I get my esthetician's license, am I giving up on music? And it's like these, having these people in my life be like, you're never going to give up on music. Music is like your entire identity. Like you would have to like lobotomize yourself to like not want to play music again. And it's true. It's like music is my constant. Music is my religion. Like music is what I always turn to whenever I get a song idea or whenever I get like this certain, I get the certain ping and I'm like, it's time to make an album again. It's like, and I talked to, I, I interviewed Woods the other day and we, we had a little conversation about like when the moment it strikes when you need to make an album again or, and just having that, 
that ravenous desire to, to keep making, excuse me, I was drinking something fizzy to keep making, um, uh, albums and, and, and thinking of it more like, and he was like, oh, are you the type of person who thinks of it more like in singles, like you're always cooking a project or, are you the type of person who thinks in albums? And I was like, Oh, I'm definitely the type of person who thinks in albums. And I think like Woods and I have that in common. Like we're, we're into like this entire book of a story, like in album form. And, um, I've always thought that way. And I've always, um, I don't know. I'm work like music is my forever love. And I'm, I will always work towards, I don't even know what I'm working towards anymore. Like, because like, I'm not in a place in my life where I think in my twenties, like I was like, I need to be famous. I need to be recognized for my music. And then I sort of like, I think in my late twenties and early thirties, I was like, the music industry is pretty fucked up. And like, I just went through a lot of experiences where I was just like treated a certain way or dealt with certain people and just had these experiences that almost completely turned me. I was like, maybe I'll just never release an album again. But then kind of like came back around and was like, okay, well, let's not go there. But maybe the goal isn't like to be famous and to be recognized and to be, to be asking to be recognized in a certain way. It's like, it's not even up to me. It's not even up to my label. It's like, it's so random who gets recognized sometimes. And like, especially as like a, uh, like I don't identify as a woman anymore, but especially as like a femme, uh, facing person in the world it's like people expect you to be at war with other like with women like and everybody's got to fight for the top spot and like it shouldn't be that yeah and it's like there's not enough room and i don't know maybe it is like this in rap like i i i don't know that like i'm obviously like friends with a lot of people who make hip-hop but i maybe you feel like people feel that way too like that you're just like why do I feel like I have to compete for like, to be like this person when that, when there's room for all of us, like there's room for all of us to exist and make our art. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking from like a, a more like femme perspective. Um, sorry, I'm like rambling now, but music has always been my everything. And I just like, um, yeah, it's uh, through, throughout my life. Like it's, it's been, Movies and I've always thought of music as in a very visual way. So movies were really meaningful to me in that respect. Like I, they, I appreciated a great soundtrack, and I'm a visual person. If I if I had endless funds, I would be making music videos like once a month. I fucking mm-hmm. love music videos. Um, it's a dying art, but um, really? but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm talking myself to death about. Music, music, music. <laughs> no, you're good. It, it, this is this is this is all good. Yeah. So like, so first and foremost, I didn't realize, I didn't realize you'd been making music that long. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you know, you know, like making music and touring since you were 15. Like that's like a minute, minute, minute. You know, like that's that that's that's you know, like it's not like you just. Yeah, that's like I just that was something that I had no idea about. And yeah, I yeah. Think, you know, and, and yeah, you know, like I sorry, I, I didn't cut you off, did I? No, you're good. I, I'm I'm just rambling. <laughs> uh, no, what were you gonna I'm, say? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like I'm. I never want to cut anybody off. I feel terrible about that. No, you're good. Um, but um, yeah, no. I, I I also I also think about I also think about music in visual form. Like whenever I'm listening to a song, like there's always like some visual happening in my head, and I think that just kind of comes down to my relationship with 
with music and movies because my mom, um, I also come from a semi-musical family. My dad's been involved in music in some way, shape or form for damn near 30, 40 years. So like, I, it's like, I kind of had that coming in and uh, that's part of the reason why I, you know, sang and played instruments and, you know, I'm here now. So yeah. I, 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 I completely feel you being like the child of a, of a musician, of one musician and just like being, um, 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 my mom, who I also love very dearly and also had her own music taste, wasn't, isn't a musician, but yeah, like, um, yeah. So like, I, I, um, when did, so like, you know, you're, so you're touring around, you're, you're like, yeah. you're touring fairly young and yeah. you're making music, writing music, doing, doing things like when, when do you decide that music's going to become more than just a hobby for you? And like, when is it, you know, like, when do you go from thinking about life in album mode to making albums? Like, when did that start for you? That started so young. I mean, um, I made, I wrote and recorded my first album when I was 17. Uh, my, uh, I went to RISD pre-college for, um, didn't end up finishing real college shout out college dropouts. Mm -hmm. Um, but I went to RISD for like a pre-college in fashion. So fucking amazing. I don't know how I got to do it. Like I'm so grateful to my parents that I got to do it because I met, I made so many cool friends. It was just like, it was like me stepping out of like this, like boring, like suburban life and getting to go be in this place with all these freaky kids that like, also were artists like it was so cool yeah. um, and I met I met my first um boyfriend um at RISD and his dad um had a record label and I am like still friends with his dad to this day and like his dad just wrote me he was like I got my copy of plus one which is so sweet um oh, he heard my songs and he was like, I want to record an album with you. And like, I don't think I realized like when I was that age, how like special that was. I was just like, Oh yeah. Like, I think I've just always been a person who was so like connected to my identity as a musician that I was like, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to make an album. Like, that's just like what you do. And yeah, I naturally. made, I made like two albums with this solo project at the time. And then, um, toured a bunch and then uh started a prog band and then was in like a psychedelic rock band and uh was, was just kind of having a lot of fun like in my early 20s um well as much fun as you can have when you're just like dealing also with like a lot of ptsd and like unresolved trauma and like drinking too much but right, that's right, another right. podcast um but then I think like when I started fielded, which was when I was like, oh my goodness, I think I was 21, which means it was like many years ago. Um, I'll just say many years ago. Um, I started to feel like it was the first time I was making music that I was like, this is the music I want to be making. And it wasn't like it was like good music. It was like weird, really, some of it was very hard to listen to, very experimental music. Like it started as a noise project. And <laughs> yeah, I was a pretty, I'm like a pretty, I think at heart, like I'm a producer, like my, my heart is like, when I think of like why I've been drawn to certain hip hop or why I've been drawn to like certain genres of music, it's all around, it all has to do with production. So right. 
I think when I started fielded, that was when I was like, I think I, that was when I was like, at least I remember being like, I want to be like famous for this, <laughs> which is so <laughs> funny to think about. Um, because fame, it's also funny to think about because the idea, like what fame is, has changed so much from when that was like 2010. Like the right. idea, like fame has like, what is fame even anymore? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, and what is the, what is the music industry anymore? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like it's changed so much. But anyway, that was probably when I first started being like, I want to be known for this because I think it was the first time that I was like, I'm making the music that I want to be making, even though at times it's been pretty unlistenable, but <laughs> I've, I've made a lot of progress. <laughs> hey, man, we, I, I feel like every creative could say the same thing about a lot of their earlier stuff. But, you know, like, yeah. I'm sure if I heard. I'm, I'm like, I'm sure if I heard some of your like early, early, early shit, like stuff that isn't available on DSPs and on Bandcamp, like I'm sure I'd listen and be like, this is great. You know, like I, you, you know, like just to like, like, I can't tell you how many times I have people come up and tell me about like an article I wrote like seven years ago. And I'm like, you like that shit? Like, what yeah. do you mean? You know, like, I, I go back and read it and I'm like, I could have fleshed that point out more. This is spelled wrong. Like, why didn't I talk about that? You know, like it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's just like a. <laughs> I, I always think um i'm like there's a fonte bar i always think about where he's just like people hear my shit and they say i'm with the greats i hear my shit and all i see is mistakes you know and it's just like i i identify with that oh, oh my god it's 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 like i i always real quick sidebar i always feel so seen by fonte when he talks about being a creative he's he he kind of gets it in a way a lot of other people don't so he's an alum of the show shout out to fonte love you um wow, but I love that like i got you yeah, gotta send me that song i will I, I gotta remember what song it is but i'll send it when i do but um but yeah no nah, i like it's it's just you know like even even just like listening to like your um um i was able i was able to run a little bit of a 90 30 30 um <laughs> yeah within the last couple of days and just like you know um yeah no nah, like from from I'm, I'm like like you were just saying i know you produced um much of if not all of a lot of your early music and i could tell that you just like your range is it's just all over the place you know it's like synth pop stuff there's definitely prog rock and experimental like it's it's just like there's so many different mm-hmm. kinds of sounds you know like you know like and it's um i mean like, we'll we'll get to plus one in a little while but like it's 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 re- it was really it was a treat for me to really get to sit with that earliest project and just be like wow like you've always been this omnivorous you know, like this isn't this isn't just a thing that started with demisexual Lovelace. Like it's yeah. always been like this. So you know, like especially as especially as a producer, like you know, like what pulled you, uh, or, or rather, as a singer, songwriter, producer, like what kind of pulled you in those directions when you were making stuff like ninety thirty thirty and Eclipse? Like what was going on in your mind during during those times? <laughs> Ugh, I mean, so much like romantic torment and like identity torment and like learning who I who I was without other people's gaze I think was huge for me I mean I didn't really successfully start detaching from that until very recently um but there's been a theme of that I think in all of my work um I think with 903030 um yeah definitely like heavy synth I can't I probably can't even think of who my influences were at this point um just because 
I li- I I'm such a I'm just the type of person who runs. I listen. I devour music, and I just like I'll run through something and love it and be obsessed with it. And five years later, like someone will play it for me and be like, "Oh yeah, like I was obsessed with that album like five years ago," and just like forgot it even existed, but devoured it enough to like have it influence my album. But um. Yeah, I mean, I think like David Bowie was a really big influence on 903030. I was trying to capture something. I think I'm always trying to capture like the 70s a little bit in my um solo solo work. Um I wasn't obviously trying to do that on plus one, but um but yeah, like like the 70s mixed with like 90s like uh like sound collage um uh, mixed with like I don't know like the beats of major pop songs that I loved in the, in like the 2000s and like I don't know like Janet Jackson has always been a really big influence like I'm always trying to mix I've always called myself a genreless artist like always always and um I still stand by that I think moving into yeah like I think you're talking about like the Eclipse EP like just like any sort of experimentation with sound or sounds that I liked, I would just go for, I would just commit to, which I have to say, like, I am, I am definitely an artist who's like, I could point out like all the mistakes I, I hear on plus one. I could do it for you right now. I'm not going to do that for you, but it's like, I am that artist, but I'm also an artist who can kind of look back and be like, I really respect like my, like looking at myself as a young artist. I always committed to a project and I always released the project just full throttle, like believing in it. And, um, I have to say, like, I have to like, look back and be like, I respect that about myself. Like I never just like chickened out of like, Oh, I don't know if people are going to like this. I'm just not going to release it. I was always like, Nope, got to release it. It's got to come out. And, um, that is really, I think that's brave. And like, I don't, I think like a lot of people curate themselves a lot more, which I also respect a lot. I I sometimes Mm -hmm. wish I was like that in all aspects of my life. Um, (laughs) But I think like what I'm learning as I get older is I'm having like less and less, like, you know, if I had financial resources to, like I said, if I had all the money in the world, I'd be making a music video every month. Um, I would be making a new album every two or three months. Um, it's the love of my life, but without financial resources and having to have a day job, it's like, I own, I can only give my energy to so much. So it's like, I have to decide and kind of commit to the thing that's working for me the most. And I think right now, I think being a vocalist is like my strongest. I'm just in a phase. I'm feeling like I need to go back into a producer mode but I feel being a vocalist right now is like a really strong place that I haven't fully let myself explore without all the weight of self-producing as well. Because I don't Mm. know if you've had other people talk about this, but it's like when you're, you're the songwriter, you're the producer, you're the, you're recording the album, you're mixing the album. Like, yeah, you do everything. It's a lot. And you get, you can kind of get lost in the sauce and the album might not be as strong as you were hoping it would be because having some of that extra input from others being like, Oh, I actually put the kick here, put the kick here, whatever. It's like, I, I think I did get to a point when I made drip drip in 2018. And that's the year I met uh, woods and elucid. I got to a place where I was like, 
I need to collaborate with people. I need help making the albums. I want the albums to be the best possible albums they could be. I don't want to just be, and I think I was like overcompensating too, because I was like, I'm a female artist. I need to do everything. I need to prove to the world that I'm like good enough. And I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to prove shit. Like, I just want to fucking write good songs and I want them to sound. And I'm still working on that, but I do feel like right now I'm in, I'm in my vocalist era (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I just want to work with other producers at the moment. I mean, I'm making an album that is produced by me, but it's going to take a little while, but I'm, I just, right now I'm like, I want to work with producers that just bring out things in me that I didn't even know existed um, because I felt like that came out on plus one. And that's why that album was so fun to make. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I was, I was, I was actually going to ask if, um, cause, cause it's been, it's been a while since you like produced an album yourself. Like what was the last one demisexual loveless or did you also produce young Medusa? Um, green, green helped a lot with young Medusa. Um, My friend David Lochner, who I, this new album that I'm finishing now, he actually ended up co-writing the songs with me too. So he went from helping me produce to co-writing with me. Um, You could actually say Dave is actually part of Fielded now, I would say. but That makes um, makes sense, yeah. um, But yeah, Dave co-wrote most of the songs on Young. He co-wrote a few of the songs on Young Medusa with me. Demisexual Love Voice was the last one where I was like making beats and um, writing synth lines and and chopping stuff up and like sampling stuff. That's like the last time I did that. Got it. So, you know, like you mentioned, um, you meet Woods and Elucid in 2018. You come to this realization like, hey, I need to I need to expand. I need to um, I need other voices in here. Tell, um, you know, like not so much guiding you, but just like offering input. Yeah. You know? And like, you know, you um you eventually get to the point where, you know, um you're on you're on Western Education is Forbidden, which I feel like a lot of other people was my first real exposure to you as an artist. I heard your voice and I was like, Oh, who the fuck is that? You know, and then like I would see your name around and then of course Demisexual Lovelace came out right after. Um yeah. my good friend Donna, my good friend Donna Claire Chesman over at well, used to be at DJ Booth, used to be at Audio Mac is now out in the world doing other other great shit um she wrote up um demi she interviewed you for demisexual lovelace yeah. and, um, she's an yeah. amazing shout out to her by the way yeah she's amazing she's so considerate and thoughtful in her writing i really yeah like I, her a lot yeah I'm, I'm like beyond inspired by 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 the way donna writes and how she moves so yeah just shout out shout out to shout out to donna one time but um you know so like you uh so like before we get to plus one, um, talk to me about, you know, deciding to team up with Backwoods and, and just like why you felt like Demisexual Lovelace was, uh, was where that album needed to be. Like, like, like with <laughs> yeah, them. it's so funny. It's so funny to think about, I think like for like a couple years, I was like, I felt like I needed to explain like people would be like, you're on a hip hop label. And I'd be like, well, it's like a long story. Like I would be like, you know, like, I met Woods and da, 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 like and and I felt like I needed to like justify myself and then like it and now it's like looking back it's like so funny because it's like yeah it's like it's definitely like a departure I think for them but I think every t- decision that Woods makes about the label it's like 
it's coming from his brain. Like there, there is logic. He's a very logical person. So Truly. when I met, so I met what I initially met Woods. I, I wrote to both of them and was like, Hey, I'm like super into Arm and Hammer. Um, I just want you to know, like, if you ever need a backing vocalist, like I am here for it. Like, here's an album. I, I just, I sent them drip drip and I was like, um, this is an album I just put out on death Bomb Mark, like blah, 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 whatever. Woods wrote back like almost immediately, which I was just like, what? Whoa. And he asked me, he was like, Hey, Armin Hammer isn't working on anything, but like, would you maybe want to be on one of my songs? And I was like, yeah. And then we like briefly talked on the phone. I was like very intimidated because he's so, he's just a very intelligent person and like lets it be known and like used several words that I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I was like, well, I think I get what you're saying. Okay. I think, I think I can go to the, to a place with the song that it needs to go. And he sent me Western education and I, I forget the other song we did together, but um, he was like, yeah, like it was like so refreshing to have this. Like I, I was really intimate. I had had a bad experience doing a feature in the past and I was worried he was going to be like, well, it's not really what I was looking for. And can you sing it like this? And he just came back and he was like, hell yes. Like, this is sick. Can I send this to green? And I was like, yeah, great. And I finished, I was just making demisexual lovelace for fun. Like, honestly, me right. and Dave, I was like, Dave, I want you to produce my new record, like co-produce it. I, I have so the songs written. I had just done a residency. I had all these songs written. So we made demisexual. I sent it to Woods. I don't think I sent it to him with the intention. I don't think I was like, oh, will you put this out? Like, I think I was just like, I think I was so over record labels at that point that I was just like, oh, here's an album I made. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do with it. And right, right, right. And I remember like Woods calling me. I think he had had it for like a few months. And he was like, hey, like we had this like long conversation. He was like, so would you let me put Demisexual Lovelace out? And I was like, you know, my initial reaction was like, does that make sense? Like, but then mm. he like broke it down and he was like, I think it's a really good fit. And like, he just had like such nice things. He just believed in it so much. Like, it was like the first time that somebody from a label was like, I really fuck with you as an artist. And like, I think you're onto something. And I don't like, I don't really know what it is, but I think we can explore it. And like, so we put Demisexual Lovelace out. I think, yeah, I think the reaction was like mixed. I think some people were like, who is this person? And then I think some people were like, whoa, cool. And once we did that, yeah, we, and then we did Young Medusa, which I don't know how well Young Medusa did, but I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not caught up on that. I, I, I love Young Medusa. I mean, I feel mixed ways about Young Medusa. I think the songwriting was... I was in an interesting place when I wrote that album, but, um, but then Woods was like, Hey, what if we did this album with like all like the backwoods artists that you've like, basically like many artists you've done features for or, like done right. you know, harmonies for or whatever. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then like started getting beats and was just like, yeah, this is fucking fun. Like I'd never done that before. Where you just like sing over a beat that someone sends you like, super yeah. fun and so yeah honestly that project is so it's so full of love because everybody i collaborated with on that album it's like there's no weird like it's not weird in any way like 
it's ever I fuck with everybody. And I think I, I want to say, well, I hope uh, that everybody fucks with me. Like it's just an album full of people who respect each other. And so, right. yeah, like I think the idea of it can come off a little messy, but I think the execution of it actually is pretty cool and unique. And I think it's interesting. It's like Woods's idea. So I guess what I'll say about backwoods is like, I think initially I was like, well, like does it like it does this make sense? But like again, it's like I Woods is a very logical person and he had this vision of like moving into territory. He was like, I know you're capable. Like he said this to me recently. He was like, I know you're capable of so much as an artist. Like you're actually pretty fucking weird. And I don't think people realize that about you. And so why don't we like start trying to do these pro- these like one-off projects where like you can execute yourself in these ways that like maybe people didn't even know that side of you existed. And I just really appreciate that because I feel like he's thinking of me. He's really thinking of me as an artist. And I just, it's, it means a lot to me. Um, uh, it's, and it's like, it's, yeah, it's just a really good artistic relationship. And, and I feel that way about Elucid too. Like, I mean, I feel that way about a lot of people right now, which is really nice. Like I'm just in this really mm-hmm. nice place in my life with people where I'm like, we just believe in each other and we fuck with each other. And we also like want to push each other to make just more like, I don't know, like soul shattering stuff. Right. And and that having that relationship and that like reservoir to tap into like a community thing. I feel like I talk about community on here a lot because I tend to kind of focus a lot of my attention on people, a part of big artistic communities between backwoods and everything that like Mike and Navy blue and all of them got going on. Looks like the whole like New York indie underground yeah. scene. It's, it, you know, like it's, it's like, it, it really can't be overstated how beneficial that is at its best to just kind of be surrounded by people who push you to be, you know, like better than you thought you could be, you yeah. know, like that's, that's kind of one thing um, Woods and Elucid and I hampered on when I did the piece for Pitfork was like, we talked a lot about that. And I think I mentioned a couple of times, like it's really something that y'all have like surrounded yourself with all these different creatives, like not even just rappers and producers either, but just like, you know, like for it to be at a point where like you have a residential engineer who like people know, I mean like green does so much more than just like engineer and makes a master, but like, you know, like people I've never heard, talk about like mixing the mix and master of a track or like oh willie green did this one i'm like you it's so you know like it's it's, yeah. it's like that, you know like that kind of and you know like even even the fact that you you know you were like engineering most of your stuff you know like or, or at the very least you were mixing it you know like that's like yeah. you know like we're, we're at a point now where i feel like people um have a little more respect and understanding for what it means to like be involved on that technical end and i feel like a lot of that comes from this idea of community you know i'm just like oh like this person does this this person does this 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 and this you know like i feel like that kind of gives people a really uh that makes it easier for people to compartment maybe not compartmentalize but at least just like process like we were talking about before like the idea of like oh this is what it means to sing on a track and do other things with that this is what it means to rap this is what it means to produce this is what it means to engineer you know and like i think uh i think plus one is such a beautiful culmination of that you know like i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's messy at all you know i think i think it just works because y'all all sound so natural together yeah. like i think and, and, and you know like there's like a 
I want to um, I want to focus on afternoon sun a little bit because yeah. for, because during during the pitchfork piece, I had the I had the pleasure of being in the studio with Green while he mixed while he was mixing that song and just like hearing. I think I must have heard it at least eighty times in that hour, <laughs> and I never got sick of it. it it's just one yeah. of those like between you, you know like y'all 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 put your ankle in that shit. I love mm-hmm. I love that song. It sounds you know it's it sounds very sunny. It sounds very summery. It's very like it almost sounds like twilight in the summer. I don't know. It's like very like yeah, very like dusk. Yeah. It's very like dusky to me. That's like, it feels like that to me too. Yeah. <laughs> so like you know, and 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 just like on top of that, just like the whole idea of um, you know, like there's like a lot of self assurance on that song. And you know, like you talking about like you just stepping into your identity, like once you figured out what you wanted to do with Fielded, and I feel like that song and really a lot of songs on this album are very much like affirmational in that way of like this is who i am this is what i'm you like it's it's funny you said you don't know what you're working towards because it sounds like you kind of know what you're working towards on a lot of these songs <laughs> it's kind of like working towards like peace of mind and just like figuring out who you are and just kind of being just kind of accepting that that's like a lifelong process and you and it, it never really ends mm-hmm. you know it's like stuff 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 like afternoon sun uh i even hear that on like freaky extendo and Mm-hmm. goddess woes and honeysuckle like it's all there you know like you're, yeah. you're you're like talking about all of this like yeah i i just i just i just i just think that's really dope so like so it's like i guess not to not not to not to over expand it too much but just like but like talk to me about making afternoon sun and like where that came from and how you kind of feel it because like to to me that almost that almost feels like a linchpin for understanding the whole album like yeah. that's kind of like that's kind of like the if you get this you'll get everything else which I think was really cool to have that be the second track on the album. Sorry, I'm rambling, but please. No, it's okay. No, I'm just thinking about that. I'm like that's interesting because I would almost say, I would say that's one of the more approachable songs, and I would say like a song that's less approachable would be like oh if you under if you fuck with this then like you're definitely gonna fuck with like the rest of the album but maybe that's not like the backwoods fans vibe like so for me i'm like oh well yeah everybody's gonna love afternoon sun first of all it's like that kenny beat it's just like i just fucking love i mean everything kenny sent me or sent woods and then i like i was like very like does kenny want to work with me like i started like (laughs) does he think i'm cool um and i was like felt very lucky that he was like he actually sent me three beats uh i didn't use the third i don't know why i think we just ran out of room on the record but um uh that beat i was just like i just thought i think i immediately was just like oh felicia needs to be on this like that voice Mm -hmm. i know like she just is so smooth and like I knew she was going to write some fucking killer harmonies and as she does. um, And uh, I think she, I don't know, like it was like the same process as the rest of the album. Like everybody just kind of picking up what I was throwing down. Like I sent them the demo was just like, here's my demo. Like this is kind of what I'm talking about it's also just like weird poetry like i don't know pick up the vibe and then like felicia just sent this shit back that i was like yep okay like she completely Mm -hmm. got it like i don't think there was anything that i was like "Mm, can we try that a different way like i think everything everybody sent i was like yes definitely this is it and um i don't know like that yeah that song for me is just super vibey like i think all the songs like with the other vocalists like 
I just felt really locked in with them. Like I felt really locked in with ABLA free. I felt, I always feel really locked in with Wolf. Like just we've sang together a bunch of times. Um, I helped a little bit um, with the harmonies on there on St. Mella's last uh, EP, um, which like, I mean, I help, I like say that. So like I helped and then they like took the harmonies to another level. So, Um, (laughs) but um. I think it just felt super locked in with the vocalist. I was like nervous about working with other rappers because I was like, Oh, well, I don't know. Like, I don't really know this person as well. Like will our styles match? And I just felt like, yeah, just created a, each song was sort of creating a whole new world. Sorry to sound so cheesy, but it's like, they're all their own little universes. And I just appreciate that about like working with pink navel. Like that track is like such a, interesting vibe like they're so dope i love pink navel i i love pink navel too we're playing a plug we're playing two shows together um for our our mutual album releases one in boston and one in new york uh let's go when's the when's the new york one the new york one is on uh uh, november 12th at gold sounds i want to say the venues i've never played there before but yeah cool well i'm gonna be there Cool. That's, that's, Currently that's, trying to yeah. find an opener, um, but it's but it's happening. Um, hey. Yeah, yeah, definitely come. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we created a little universe in every song, and it was so fun to try to lock in with the different beat, the different styles of the different beats, like, um, uh, like child actor, and it's just like sometimes so like kind of wonky and like I'm like mm-hmm. can I to this and then I find the groove and I'm like oh yeah okay um I think for me just like the fun of writing a melody like it's just like it was just like the whole album was just like how how what is the melody we hear in this like what is and we being me (laughs) like what is the melody like where can we take this like what are the harmonies like can there even can we even fit harmonies on this and i just always know like shout out to green because i'm like here's some crazy shit that i did like with like some harmonies and some and the space and he's like say no more i got you i'm gonna mix it the right way like he always like mixes it in a way where it's like very listenable and i super appreciate that um so yeah I don't even know if I answered your question. <laughs> nah, you, nah, 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 you, 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 you know, you definitely answered like how the song came together. And like, I love, um, you, um, y'all's, y'all's vocal contrast is really nice. And I think that's one of the reasons why that song works as well as it does. Like you and Felicia's voices, like, you know, like she kind of has this like mid register and kind of like hits, like she has like high pockets, but doesn't hit them super crazy. And like, you're belting. You yeah. know, like, you know, like you, you, you know, you, you've got like the big room clearing voice and she's yeah. got the, and, and, and she's got the, like, not so much room clearing, but very much like, you know, like, I don't want to call it soft because it's not soft, but it's like definitely like somewhere like in There's that middle. There's something really warm and like uh, comforting about Felicia's voice, I feel. Definitely. And Wolf and I were yeah. talking about it in Geneva. I was like, I think Wolf was like, her voice is like crystal. And I was like, yes, that's how I would describe Felicia's voice. Like if you've ever heard her sing with the Dirty Projectors or like um, her solo project, Fell Do, it's like just crystal. Like when she goes to hit a note, she hits the note. And it's like, I think I compared her voice a little bit. It's just like such a 
this is a very strange comparison, but I was more comparing like Barrington Levy's voice, like the way he can hit, like he just, the way his runs flow, it's like before auto-tune, like there's nothing on his voice. It's just this gorgeous, like perfect note hitting. Like that's how I feel about Felicia's voice. It's just like, mm-hmm. man, she really like, she'll go for a run and you're like every single note on that run was perfect pitch fucking perfect and i just i think that's like amazing yeah that's that's really not hard to do my sister and i can get a little judgmental sometimes when we're listening to other people sing like you'll see every once in a while like we'll just look at each other and be like i'm on fuckers out of pitch like i totally get that and i (laughs) see me in the studio that's what i'm saying i could point out all the mistakes to you on plus one because sometimes i'm in the studio with green and i'm like "Eh, it's pitchy it's pitchy and green's like okay, I don't hear it. You got to chill. Like he has to like be like, <laughs> it's good. Like the perform, the delivery is there. Like, so I can, yes. That's I hilarious. Same way. Mostly with myself, but yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. I get it. You, we're, we're always our, we're always our own toughest critics, you know? Yeah. But um, before we formally wrap this up, you know, like, like I was saying before, just some of my, you know, like I'm actually happy you mentioned child actor because child actor is someone I've really been like it, they've they've had an incredible last couple of years. Like mm-hmm. just like, just, you know, like like I think um, a tribe all stressed from the shrapnel album is one of my favorite beats I've heard in the last. It's it, it like it's it like it sounds like a migraine. It, it, yeah. it, it like throbs <laughs> like a migraine. And I've been noticing every time I hear a child actor beat it like it's kind of not so much wonky, but it throbs. You know, it's like, yeah. Meh. Yeah, like like I, I hear that and I'm like that's child actor. I bet and I go look and I'm like it's fucking child actor. You know, like yeah. I love um um I'm trying to remember. I think I think take me there is what I think take me there is one of the songs produced by child actor. Right? Am yeah. I wrong about that? No, okay. it, yeah, it's child actor. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, you know, just like yeah, it's like stuff like that. And you know, I think like outside of afternoon sun. Hmm. Sorry had hair in my mouth um uh i I think after afternoon sun stuff like take me there and um i really love freaky extendo that they hate change song like that's like that well yeah like like that 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 sounds like fucking just like that sounds like a i want to say just like a really manic dream yeah (laughs) you know like it's it's i mean it's just gonna be like what is going on um right he's 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 ridiculous with it like i love like that's such an outlier on this project because everything else is so down tempo and you know like warm and inviting and then there's just like somebody just threw a whole bunch of nerds in your face you know (laughs) like that that's that's, 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 that's how freaky extendo felt to me I love they hate change. Uh, they're so cool. They, I met them. They were we were on Death Bomb Arc together, and I was like, "Wow, they're so talented." Um, and like, really yeah, like doing their own thing. Like I really, I really appreciate them. I, I really fuck with them as people. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, oh, I was gonna say uh, I love Teether. I don't know how familiar you are with Teether's work. Um, Teether, um, not. Um, not super, not super duper familiar, but I know the name and I've probably heard a few things here and there. He, I think he's doing, pre- I think he's like getting pretty well known in Australia, but, um, cause he's Australian. I think he's Australian. Um, but hit some of his work. It's like, 
it's so weird. It's like so good. I don't know. I just recommend like mm-hmm. scanning through some of his mo- more recent projects and just being like, uh, okay, like this is, and like his music videos are really good. Yeah. He's got a whole, he's got it all. Like he has a whole, like his, pre- his presentation is immaculate. I would say. That sounds great. I definitely want to tap in. I'm, I'm always looking for new stuff. Um, yeah, nah, like, but yeah, this is, this is just like a, I love how like, you know, there's, this isn't a concept album. You're not trying to tell an overarching story. Like, it's just, you got a whole bunch of really dope beats and dope features. And you're just, you're just kind of the glue tying it all together. And, you yeah. know, like, I, 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 I like, I, I appreciate that level of, uh, I like, I appreciate the lack of like pretense. Mm-hmm. Just like y- y'all, just like you said, you just made dope songs. And I know I've heard a lot of people complaining about the fact that you're not on your own album as much as they would have liked. <laughs> which is, which like is one really... person on Twitter. I was like, I was like, chill, it's coming. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it, it was, but you know, like I'm listening and I'm like, well, that's like, I don't want to say that's not the point, but like, you know, like this is very much like a, you know, like you're, you're very much the beating heart of this album. It's your album, you know, like, it's yeah. not like. You know, like it's not like a backwards compilation featuring Fielded. Like this is a Fielded album that just yeah. so happens to feature all the homies. You know, like and and like I like that. Uh, I like that. I don't want to say it's like a kickback atmosphere. It's not like I'm not sure if you heard Fly Seafoods when it came out, but like it, but like in in a, in a, in a way, it almost yeah. reminded me of like it almost reminded me of like a similar. Thank you. you know, like it, it it had like a similar vibe as Fly Seafoods, just in terms of like people within a community working toward something you know like and and like happy i've just i i described it to some some friends like i was half joking but i was also like oh it's got kind of real i was like it's the fucking 2023 backwoods yearbook like it's got Mm -hmm. all it's got all your friends on it and it's like hey see you next see you next year like have a good summer like i just feel like it's it's our yearbook and like we had fucking fun it it is it was sort of a kickback honestly compared to the the like the torture I put myself through, like making most albums, this was mm. like so fun to make. And I think it is that collaborative thing and it is the community and just like the community aspect made it super fun and like easy, honestly. And I'm glad people fuck with it. I, it really makes me happy. It makes me happy to know that people are just like, yeah, this is cool. Like, cause I didn't really know what to expect. So. Right. And yeah, I also, and I think it's doubly cool that you're at this point now where, you know, like this is your third project on Backwoods and like, you know, they just kind of gave you the runway to run with before uh, Diabetic Test Strips came out. And, you know, like, it, it, um, like I can tell how much, I can tell how much Woods really cares about all the other artists on his label. And it yeah. makes me really happy to see, you know, like it makes me happy to see Sharif and Dove get their time to fucking you know, own the summer with decay and mm. for fucking Prem and Castro to come together and make another shrapnel record right after, you know, you know I, I mean, like right after Castro went through his cancer and hip treatments, you know, and just like, you know, like you, uh, like being at this point where you're, you know, like you're about to, you know, like, I know, I know things are only up for you from here. Like I'm oh, hearing more people talk about you. Like it's, it's, you know, like I just, like looking at you and like looking at like you know like Akai Solo, you know, for example, with Spirit Roaming and just like how I've kind of seen him come up and like you know, like I've been knowing him huge, since like twenty 20- huge fan of Akai Solo. I, I yeah. love his work. 
he's so dope. Like, and then like, I'll, um, we linked around 2018 back when he only had one project whose name on SoundCloud, you know? And mm-hmm. like, I, I just, you know, like seeing him come up and seeing you come up and just like, and you're like knowing how long you've been at this and just, I don't know. It's, it, it, it just feels like a very ripe moment for you. And I Thanks. love that. I just love that people are, are here now. Like I was talking, I was talking with one of my, uh, one of my coworkers at Pitchfork, my man, my man, Matt Ruiz. He's my friend. I'm, I'm going to call him a coworker. Yeah. Yeah. for a long time like not like super well but um i think he was friends with yeah i think i've we've known each other like of each other for a long time right crazy maybe yeah like but he, but either he, way like what's his instagram it, it, oh, shit what is, is he his like name? I on instagram or something maybe i don't know if we follow each other on instagram oh, but we okay. follow each other All on right. twitter so okay, okay. If if we do, Matt Ruiz, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, yeah, it's all love. It's all love. But but yeah, no, I was just talking to him um because because I because I sent the album to them when it, um um when you first sent it to me. And he popped yes. in and was just like, Oh, I've been he was like, Oh, like it's great to see more people paying attention to Lindsay. I was like, Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I yes, we yeah. follow each other on or I follow him on uh Instagram and I met him. Like in 2016, I think through uh, Perfect Pussy, who I like did it one tour hey. with. <laughs> um, yeah, super nice guy. Um, yeah, he's a funny guy too. Yeah, no, he's he's he, he's a storyteller. I we 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 were in Chicago and he was just yeah yeah he's 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 got so many stories and such a crazy perspective and just he's so passionate. But um, but yeah, nah, like. Yeah, it's it's just it's just this feels like a very nice ripe moment for you to like really just like I'm just happy you're getting this platform for people to finally, you know, like not like I don't want to say finally, but like it just feels like this is like a watershed <laughs> moment where it's like it's where, where it's like hey, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been many 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 years, but like you know, um, it, it's it's it, it, like it's just dope that you're at this point now and more people know who you are and you know like you're just like ready to expand and fucking there's so many yeah yeah i mean the last thing i'll say like i will say i think about it a lot and i'm like yeah i'm like who knows like i'm the type of person who's like the glass is half empty i'm like who knows what's gonna happen but (laughs) i also feel like there's no other time in my life that i would rather have people paying attention to my work because i just don't when i reflect it's like i wasn't ready emotionally like psychologically to handle that, to hold space for that in my life. And so I feel like I'm in a place um, now where I'm like, no, like I'm a grown up. Like I can, I'm like, I feel like responsible for myself and I feel like I'm like moving in the right direction emotionally. And like, I'm just like more settled as a person. And so it feels like if it's going to happen, I'm happy it's now. And it wasn't like 10 years ago because I would have like crumbled under the pressure. So you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe other people have said that to you. Um, I don't know how Woods feels about that. I always want to talk to him about it because I'm like, what's it like kind of coming up a bit later than like, you know, most artists like break in their 20s or whatever. And it's like, right. I'm always so curious about that. Like, how does that feel? You know? Yeah, we got the. Sorry, I. I you, no, you, I, you, I was you were... just like, yeah, I'm just being tangential. <laughs> what were you going to say? 
No, no, I feel you. Um, yeah, no, we got to talk about that a little bit uh, when I was um, when I was interviewing him for the Pitchford piece. And, you know, like he really just kind of kept it to like he feels very vindicated, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense that like people are finally, you know, like they kind of hit a level that, you know, like it took him 20 years to hit it, but they've hit a level, you know, like you just look yeah. at diabetic test strips and it's going crazy right now. Like, you know, like I know once again, like people who I've been trying to put on the arm and hammer for years are coming and hitting my phone like, yo, you hear this one? You hear this? I'm just like, I've, I've been telling I've, I've been telling y'all for five years, like these guys <laughs> are it, you know, like, so it's, yeah. it's, you know, like, so, you know, like he's, you know, like they, uh, you know, like him and Anton and Lucid and Green and all of them have, you know, like put in there, they put in more than 10,000 hours at this point. Yeah. And, you know, like you've put, mo- put in more than 10,000 hours at this point. And for y'all to be having this moment together is just really cool to me. I don't have anything else to like add or perspective. I just think it's dope that this is, you know, like it's 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 your time, you Thank know. So just congratulations. Thank you. And yeah, yeah, we buy diabetic test trips is so good. And I like cried listening. Not to sound like a total dork, but total recall. I think that's what the song is called. I was like, this song reminds me of what it felt like to listen to music in high school and be like, mm. I want to make music. Like I want to be involved with making music like that. I want to produce music like that. Like that is that like, it just sounds like the hope of my youth was like how I described it to a lucid. I was just like, <laughs> man, this, this album, it just, it, it just resonates like with me so much. And I know it's resonating with so many people. I'm so happy about that, but Man, that song in particular like choked me up a little bit. I was like, and the vocalists on the album, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. so good. And I just found all their Instagrams today and have been like, I know like Kiana's on there, but I was like the other yeah. one, I was like, hey, I love your vocal. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it just hits right. It really, it really hits right. Yeah, no, that that that, that could be a whole other podcast where we just talk about fucking me by diabetic test strips and and it's so funny because i'm going on somebody else's podcast to talk about it tomorrow oh, <laughs> oh cool. that's, that's that's hilarious shout out to my man dano over at free music empire he's super dope um but um yeah no like i just uh i just learned recently that the whole thing came together through like jam sessions that all the producers took and sent because like a lot of people i've been listening to lately like uh, odyssey and uh, well, I mean, I've been I've been a fan of Odyssey and Black Milk for years, but like mm-hmm. I just reviewed their albums that came out this year and they both put out albums this year. And that's how they've both been doing things for a long time. They just like have bands and do jam sessions and then they sample and then they sample the footage the old fashioned yeah. way, kind of like what like De La Soul did for their um yeah. for their last full length before Dave passed away. Rest in peace to rest in peace to True Boy. But like, you know, I just like to me that's always been the best that's been the best um use of a live band in rap music like there are so few like regular live hip-hop bands that i'm like super duper into like the only ones i could think of who like really do it for me in that way right now and i hope i'm not forgetting anybody poetic thrust if they ever come back they're super dope i love poetic thrust um but you know like it's it, it can be really difficult for it to not just sound like elitist to me like oh well we can just like do this with real instruments i know most people don't think that way but that's where my brain goes. But, you know, like yeah. you take something, you take stuff like, you know, like this Arm & Hammer album, it's like people are going to call it more sophisticated, even though it's like it's all sampling just the same way it's always been. And they're just pulling from direct sources or, or not, not, not that they weren't pulling from direct sources before, but like you, 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 you know what I mean, just in the sense of like pulling from stuff that they created. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that's like 
you know. I think Armin Hammer has sought and like, what the fuck do I know about hip hop? But like, I feel just in listening to them for a long time, like I feel they've sought to create a language and they've like hit it like they have found it. But on this album, they like solidified this language that they're that they were seeking to create that I think is just like so powerful. Like I'm like, yes, like you're you're scholars in your in your in the language that you've created, like you are now scholars, if that makes sense. It's such a great way to put it. That makes perfect sense to me. Like I kind of like that all kind of clicked for me when I first heard Paraffin. Paraffin's oh. still far and away, not far and away, but it's my favorite Arm and Hammer release for I a lot of reasons. Album. It's so good. I love the cover. I love the music. It's it's I love how it comes together and just like they just I don't know, man. It's just like I'm I'm really fascinated with artists who just like you know like work under the radar, whatever the fuck that means, and just like they just keep getting better. You know, like yeah. Woods and Elusive, keep getting better. Castro and Prem, keep getting better. You yeah. keep getting better. You know, it's just like, it's it like I always think about it like uh like, like when I write, it's like I'm always there. There's nothing I've ever put out where I've been like this is perfect. You know, to me, I'm always just like having my distance to the target every time I get a little bit closer, but it's never like, like I never quite hit the bullseye. You yeah. know, like you're so close, but. You know, and for, and for me, as long as I can just keep at, like, getting a little closer, you know, it, as long as there's progress, like you were talking about before, like, progress is the, the key word oh, there. Progress is the key word. And also, just sorry, I know this is getting really long, but I want to just say, like, you, I don't know that we want to hit the target in mainstream personally. This is how I feel personally. Do I want to hit the target in the mainstream reception of my music? Will that put me in a position where I've essentially like, according to mainstream music, like consumption made the, you know, my, my best album or my perfect album. And then where the fuck do you go from there? Like, right, exactly. do you, do you get, do you have to, I feel bad for bands sometimes that I see get like this crazy reception for their first debut album. And then it's like, whoa, like, what about like, what are they going to do for their second album? Like, Will it will if they if they change lanes, like will it be disappointing all around? Like, you know, it right. just seems like a lot of pressure. So I think it's like I like kind of living under the surface a little bit and being like, well, now I'm gonna try this genre. Now I'm gonna try go over mm-hmm. here. Like I appreciate that freedom. Um so I don't know, like I don't know about you, but I'm always like, do I want to hit the target? Or like, do are my goalposts like that they keep moving? Is that okay? Like we're just gonna like no, be have the right mental health about it, but be like, yeah, I know I'm I'm never gonna quite get there, and that's okay. It's not the yeah, point. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Honestly, like I, I I never, yeah, like I don't know that I ever want to write something that I think is like abs. You, you know, you always want to feel like you can get better. You know, like especially as a creative, you know, like it's not like we're athletes. You know, like you can, you, you know, like your brain is just getting sharper and sharper as you get yeah. older if you're lucky, and like. You know, and, and you're like, I didn't even mean so much in terms of like mainstream recognition, just more in terms of like, just like, do you feel like you made the best thing you could have? Yeah. And like, that's that that that's kind of that's kind of how I feel about everything I write. It's just like, maybe this isn't the best thing I've ever written, but is this the best version? Because like, that's how I feel about my writing and this and whenever I review or think about anything like what is this trying to tell me? And is this the best version of what it's trying to be? Like, what is it? Does it work? You know, like those are those are the two questions that I always seek to answer whenever I do anything, really. And 
you know, like we, we just, we move. I like that. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yeah. I think my mind just went to the mainstream, but no, I totally see where you're coming from for sure. No, no, I get that. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's always, it's always going to be there. You know, it's, 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 that's a conversation that's never going to go away. But um, we, I, I feel like we could sit here and talk for like two more hours. This is so dope. But, 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 uh, but to formally wrap things up, um, Fielded, Lindsay, if your life was a movie, what would it be about? I have, a, I, have, I have a feeling I'm going to love this answer. It's so much pressure. If my life was a movie, what would it be about? Yeah. Oh, my God. It would be about, I think, the main thing I did. Um, it would be about so many things. I don't know. I feel like it would be, like, in, is it vignettes? Like, that they would be, like, this this grouping of years and this grouping of years. Like, I've, like, I... It could be about whatever you want it to be. It could be, yeah. it could be a movie if you want. Like, Not to quote myself, but uh, I, there is so much truth in that song, Looking for Love in the Anthropocene, where I say, I said that I've been so many different people. No wonder I haven't found the one. And it's like truly because my life has been so many different things. And yeah. um, I think it would, I, listen, I know we're talking about movies here, but I think it would be episodic and I think there would be seasons and there would be like the, I was a young uh, musician who had mild success season. I think there would be like, I was a drunken Chicago party animal making prog music season. I think there would be like the like mid twenties, my brief time in LA, uh, uh, f- finding out I was bipolar season. I would just go on and there's many seasons that I could go on about, but um, I think the overarching theme would be mental health and like coming to terms with my, like decompressing from a lot of PTSD, dealing with my mental health, getting that under control so I can have a more pure relationship with my, um, with my work, with my art, with my music. And that is that's definitely what's going on now like i have i'm i feel like i'm focusing in on like having a pure relationship uh sorry that's like the most sincere answer i could have given you that's all <laughs> not, good not like a cool like i wish i had like a cool uh a cooler answer but i just think it would be about like mental health and finding yourself <laughs> that's great you know, like we talk about TV on here all the time, first and foremost. So don't feel bad about that. Oh, okay. Okay. And, you know, it, yeah. It's, it's, you know, like I, I, I realized pretty early on that like, you know, like movies and TV are pretty, I don't want to say they're synonymous with each other, obviously, but like a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people early on would give me TV shows. And I'm like, yeah, just make it TV shows too. It's, you know, like it's, it's like, it's all, it's all, it's all filmmaking at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I could, I could, I could see that. You know, you, 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 you really have, you really have lived a lot of lives, and you know, like you're at a point now where you feel like you're at your best, and that's, or, or maybe not at your best, but you feel like you're better than you've ever been. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's safe to say, and you know, like that's that, that's it for like my formal questions. But yeah, I just wanted to like thank you for this. This was a, this was super duper, this was super duper intense and a lot of fun and very deep. And yeah. very thoughtful. And, I'm a very uh, intense person. I don't know if anybody warned you, but now you know. <laughs> that's all good. We, we 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 love that here. I just yeah, no, like just like as someone who's been a fan of yours for a while. Um, and you know, like 
just like I, I, I just always relish the opportunity to get to see somebody have their moment in this way. And, you know, you're having it right now. And I just appreciate you being here to share that and share your perspective and, you know, just getting to learn more about you. It's 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 just been great. So thank you for taking the time. Thank it really you for means a lot. Me. It was so fun. Um, and now I'm gonna go pick my dog up from my parents' house and have a birthday party for him. So <laughs> incredible. How old is he? He's three and he's uh, he's really he really is a teenager now, or I guess he's twenty one, right? Yeah, 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 seven years. Um, uh, yeah. So he's, he's becoming a young man, which, uh, I love watching. Um, he no longer <laughs> and poops in the house, which I appreciate. <laughs> hey man, well, we, we, we were talking about progress before. That's, that's the that's best. Progress. Progress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far and shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like subscribe and tell a friend to come through next time. One.